welcome to the Onside Kick Family Hour. I'm your host, Ryan Van Bever. With me, as always, Stephen White. Stephen, how are you today? I'm doing great. How about you? I am doing quite well. Uh, you know, today is there. Today's kind of a notable day because in one week, and you know, maybe a little bit of change because obviously it doesn't start till eight o'clock on Thursday night. But the draft. We're one week away from the draft. Can you believe it? And wouldn't you know it, one week from the draft, what do we get this morning? The Wonder League leak. Oh, uh, yes. Yes. It's coming. That like I think that was just the first of many because I noticed it's Bob McGinn from the Milwaukee uh, newspaper that does that. But like it was only the running backs today. So I suspect we're in for some treats for the next few days here. Yeah, the kind that you won't spit back out. Yeah, exactly. The kind that looks like can't it's <laughs> that it's that gum that tastes like tar or whatever the hell it is. Well, it's that black the candy that came in the black wrapper <laughs> at your grandmama's house, the one nobody ever ate. Like it was the last one in the candy bowl every time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then she just filled up the candy bowl again, but she'd never take the black ones out. Yep. But nobody's ever gonna eat them. Mate, so. you know, Here's a weird aside. I had never heard of this. Like, my grandfather used to have the hard candy, and it was called whorehound candy. I'm like, what? Whorehound? But, like, I looked it up. Like, that was really the name of it. I thought it was just, like, you know, grandpa being a dirty old man or something like that. But, no, it was really called whorehound candy. <laughs> no, it was the people who made it being dirty old men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it tasted like shit, just like uh, just like when somebody leaks anonymously your uh, Wonder Lick scores. And it's just every single year. I mean, when, when, why? For what? I know. What does it accomplish? I mean, are you really going to look at Leonard Fournette's tape, and just to use him as an example, because he was one of the guys that got his scores leaked today, are you really going to look at Leonard Fournette's tape from college and then look at his Wonderlick score and think, hmm, I have major concerns about this guy in the NFL? I mean, you know, really and truly. It's like, what point does it serve? I mean, because you know what? The coaches and stuff are already going to tell you what you need to know about whether a kid can learn football or not. Yeah. Because coaches, they're, they're definitely afraid that they're going to tell – a scout something that's wrong, and then the scout's never going to believe him again. Yeah. Which is kind of absurd, but they really do believe that. So these coaches, man, if anything, they're probably going to be a little bit more negative in private with a scout than they would be publicly. Yeah. So you don't need a Wonder League score to find out if this kid is good in the football classroom or not. So why do we? Why does it keep getting leaked? That's the, that's the thing I have a problem with because, once again, it's supposed to be confidential. Mm-hmm. And if the NFL can't can't guarantee confidentiality, why should players continue to put themselves through with this? Yeah. This is something easy. Agents could easily say, no more. No more. Not a single one of my guys takes the fucking Wonder League. Fuck you. You're going to get his transcripts. You can ask his coaches. That should be enough. Yeah. And then they'll go away. I promise you. Yep. Because I don't think the NFL really cares that fucking much about uh, a Wonder League test. I think they just always have done it, so they keep doing it. Mm-hmm. But if they, if all these guys stood up and said, none of us is taking this fucking test, what are they going to do? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And all it would take, all it would take, literally, I think, is one or two big-time prospects to say, nope, not doing it. I mean, we've well, got no, guys now that all of them because I mean, you got guys now like um, McCaffrey. He won't. He's not going to work out privately for teams. He doesn't have to. Doesn't need it for his draft stock. Right, but the thing is, like, you can't. It's got to be unanimous because yeah. Even if like a guy like McCaffrey or, or Fournette say they're not going to take the test, that doesn't help the the the, the smaller yeah. Uh, 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 you know, the guy the guys going in the second, third, fourth round and give them any leverage. You have to. You have to use the leverage of the Fortnets and McCaffrey's and the Trubisky's and the Deshaun Watson's and the you know Solomon Thomas's to help the little guy. 
So yeah. they don't have to do it either. Yeah. They never will after that. Yeah. So everybody has to stand up together, say link arms to say, this is bullshit. Who does it help? I've never, it, we, we talk about whether it hurts or not. I have never in my life hurt anybody, not an ex-coach, not an ex-scout, not an ex-DM, go on TV and say, we picked this guy over that guy because of his Wonder League score. Yeah. Not once. Yeah. No, and you never will. I mean, it wasn't all that long ago. I mean, I think maybe just even last year that there was a movement to replace the Wonderlick anyway with something that was more focused on, like, football IQ. You know, like how well you picked up the game and understood the the ins and outs of the playbook and stuff like that. Which would make more fucking sense. Way more. Why aren't we already doing it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And waste these kids' time when they go to the combine like that anyway. And then you put that out there, and it's not fair because... So that article out today has, what, 15, 10, 15 running backs listed, and it's got like the, you know, a lot of it is germane information to what they're talking about. Like we think this guy can really run with power, blah, 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 that kind of stuff. And there's Wonderlick scores for three players, three players, Fournette, Dalvin Cook, and Christian McCaffrey, and that's it. So it's even worse. I mean, I think, you know, it, 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 the media has a role in this too. I mean, just because somebody gives you some information doesn't mean it's worth reporting. I mean, this does, it doesn't do anything but tarnish these kids. And I can call them kids because I'm an old man and they're 21 years old, but, you know. I mean, that's absolutely right, though. I mean, because, again, there is no upside to this for the kids. Yeah. Tell me what they gain from taking it. Anybody yeah. can raise their fucking hand. And let me know. Okay, 40-yard dance, I get it. got to show me fast. Yeah. Short shuttle, interviews. If one person can tell me what they gained from a fucking Wonder League score, I'll be... Because you know what? Let me tell you how I know. It doesn't matter. Last year, kind of the flip side happened. Mm-hmm. James Winston had a really high Wonder League score. For, yeah. So for once, the black quarterback, you couldn't bash him. This was a couple <laughs> years ago, actually. Right? Because he had the high Wonderland score. But the team that got shoved kind of under that and lost in all of the, the maelstrom was that uh, Marcus Mariota had a higher score. Mm-hmm. Nobody talked about that. But Marcus Mariota had a higher Wonderland score. So you would think if the Wonderland actually makes all this, you know, it, it makes such a big difference. Why didn't ever, anybody ever use it as their reasoning behind why the Bucks should have taken Mariota over Jameis Winston? Yeah. Tell me if you ever, ever heard that argument before the draft. Yeah. Not once. Not a once. See, <laughs> Marcus Mariota, they both were high, but Marcus Mariota was one of the best square ever did and makes him a genius. Yeah. But you still have people wondering whether Mariota will be able to adjust to an NFL offense. Yeah. I remember. I was there. I remember all those comments. Whether he will be able to learn an NFL offense. Yeah. Nobody brought up his Wonder League score being higher than James Winston. So if it really mattered, that was the time where it would have shown up. Because everybody, we had two quarterbacks. They both were pretty even. They were, came from different offenses, though. A little bit different kinds of players. If you, if, if ever there was a time, there was a lot of people that thought the Bucks should go with Mariota, Mariota for different reasons. If you if there was ever a time for somebody to throw down the Wonder League score <laughs> as the big joke, <laughs> yeah, that was it. And not one person did. And that's the tale. And that's why none of these kids should ever take it again. I wish D. Smith would stand up and say that. Just to be honest with you, because if he says it, then it'll be done. It won't be nothing to put the, the owners or the coaches or the GMs can do about it either. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They probably wouldn't even fucking care, and they wouldn't miss it. Because I I would really be interested to get, you know, where are the anonymous scouts that leak this information? I'd like to hear them, the general managers and stuff, talking about how much weight they give that. You know, because I suspect as soon as you had them on record – with how much weight they give Wonderlick scores, ain't nobody going to be leaking Wonderlick scores anymore. Not ever. And you know what? The, the, the thing of it is, is like, 
we cannot ignore the historical use of this Wonder League score. Yeah. It has been used historically. Normally, it's about quarterbacks, and normally it's about black quarterback versus white quarterback. Yeah. And that's just the truth. And that's something that taints the whole thing in the first place. Yeah. Because now every time you see one, you know, a, a, a contrast, well, not recently, but, but it used to be if there was ever a contrast between a white quarterback and a black quarterback, here comes one league school. Yeah. And so today, there was a contrast between the two black running backs and the white running back. Yeah. Again, for what? Like if, if you're really going to tell me that it, it matters to you whether Leonard Fournette has a higher Wonder League score than uh, McCaffrey, then I'm going to think you a fucking idiot when it comes to football. Yeah. And I'll never respect your opinion again. Yeah. <laughs> now, if I go to LSU and talk to the coaches and they say, well, you need to do these things to help him, you know, learn the playbook, that's a different story. Because yeah. guess what? At the end of the day, I'm about putting the best, putting my players in the best situation to learn anyway. Everybody learns differently. Yeah. But it, it, what what have you seen on film that's going to tell you, oh, man, if his wonder lick was just a little higher, he'd have hit that hole better. Yeah. That would have been a touchdown right there if his wonder lick was a 20. If you don't get the fuck out of here with that shit. Yeah. So, again, we can't ignore the historical context here because if this is what this has always been used for, and then once again, they release names, and two of them are black and one of them is white, this shit is transparent. You don't have to use it that way. But let's be honest about this. There's a reason why those names came out like this. Yep. Shit, how many white running backs do we even have coming out this year? <laughs> from uh, one of the only three scores that actually come out just so happens to be the one or two running backs that actually come out to you. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Let's be, you know, I've been, I've been saying this shit since the whole Kaepernick rant. Let's just be honest, okay? Yeah. Let's be honest. And if, if that is your view that, you know, this means something, Wonderlick means that somebody's inferior and somebody's superior, more power to you. Let's just be honest about that and quit fucking around and, and, and playing around the subject because yeah. we all know what this is all about. Yeah. And it ain't never, it ain't never been anything but bullshit. And never gonna be anything but bullshit, and it does nothing to benefit the players. Yeah, I'd like to see the Wonderlick scores for the, some of those anonymous sources too. To be honest with you, listen, I promise you, I took the Wonderlick, made a decent score. I promise you, a lot of them dudes that were giving us the test couldn't have passed, couldn't, couldn't have made a good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course not. I mean, I took it one time. I don't remember what score I got, but it wasn't great because I kept tripping over the math questions. I'll just be perfectly honest with you. I fucked it up on the math parts, and that's where I did not finish taking it because I, I knew I didn't want I didn't want anyone anonymously leaking my score. I mean, I see people every day complaining about math. How they hate math. They <laughs> suck at math. And then one of the times come around. And- Oh, these guys only made a 10. Yeah. Yeah, you ain't seen this fucking geometry problem on here, did you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, you didn't see this equation, this algebra equation that you got to uh, finish. Yeah. Oh, okay. This ain't fucking... <laughs> this is not like some sixth grade uh, 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 proficiency test. <laughs> Everything on there isn't hard, but some of the hard shit is actually hard. Yeah. That's why you don't hear. Look, we we hear about people making perfect scores on the ACT. I'm not sure how many times we ever heard of somebody making a perfect score on the Wonder League test. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That's pretty amazing. Because like even like I think Andrew Luck like had like one of the highest ones that ever got leaked out. It was it wasn't perfect either. So exactly, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, um, <laughs> it's stupid season. Yeah, it's stupid season though, so you know that's that's the stuff we're getting now. The this this time of year, so uh, you know we'll see what else. I haven't really seen like that was the big one today, and then you go back. I mean, what was that last week? You had sort of the Mahomes stuff, and I think there was some Christian McCaffrey top ten kind of buzz going on out out there. But man, that's really been it. Not not a lot of other. Wild leaks so far, other rumors otherwise. I think I saw something today about 
Now, who is it supposed to be getting a quarterback? Somebody at four is supposed to be getting a quarterback. Who who drafts at four? Oh, uh, the Jaguars. That was the one. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why it was so, so interesting because, you know, they already have Bortles and that would be kind of obviously a message to him. Yeah. <laughs> that you might want to rent, bro. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> well, stop, the, listen. The interesting thing is, though, like, I, it wasn't. I mean, I think I've also seen rumors that the Jags would like to trade down, too. So you kind of like, hmm. Lion hmm. season. You already, you already know what I say. Don't believe none of this shit. Yeah. It's lion season. So I don't believe none of it. Now, to me, my thing is this. Like, I didn't really like the hire, right, when they uh, they hired the, the guy who had Coughlin. been in Buffalo. Oh, Doug no, Marone. Coughlin. Uh, huh? Doug Marone. Marone. I didn't really like the hire. I, I thought they could have done better. Yeah. But quite honestly, Bortles did play a lot better at the end of the season. I don't know what it was. Didn't seem like there was that much difference in the play calling. But he did play better for whatever reason. So maybe they can get him back on track. I don't know. I still think the kid has a whole lot of tools that you don't really want to give up on. Yeah. He's big. And, man, he's he's athletic or could be athletic in the same way that uh, Ben – Roethlisberger is, or maybe even better. Because yeah. I think in a straight line, he's probably faster than Big Ben ever would. Yeah. But he's just, you know, he needs to work on his pocket awareness and stuff like that. But he's a big, strong kid, big, strong arm, got to tighten up his, his delivery. But if they can get him fixed, man, that, that could be your quarterback of the future. You don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah. Because the big, sturdy guy probably is not going to get hurt, knock on wood. So, yeah, but, you know, the fact that I guess, you know, new eyes in there. You just never know what Coughlin's thinking. And so we'll all find out next week. I think, you know, basically if they don't go quarterback first, I think he does kind of have maybe more belief in Bortles than we were led to believe. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised at all if he took a quarterback in the first or second one. Yeah, and I mean, I can see a later one just sort of like, hey, maybe it doesn't work out this year and we want to have an insurance policy kind of thing and we don't want, you know. But – I mean, you know, I'm going I'm to go out on a, on a limb here because I think I'm like you. I think Bortles has the raw talent there. I, I think it's there, even enough so that you could maybe maybe this guy's not going to be one of the five, ten best quarterbacks in the league, but he's good enough that you can keep him around and win games with him, kind of quarterback. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that maybe the coaching in Jacksonville over the last couple of years hasn't been all that great. Which is maybe part of Bortles' problems too. <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe. I think Miles Jack would have certainly could have been. <laughs> I think Jalen Ramsey would would have my back on that assertion. But. Yeah, he, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure he would like that comment on Instagram. <laughs> you know, another thing. You know what else today is, Stephen? I know it's a week before the one week siren before the draft but today also happens to be 420 now the kids on twitter have told me that there's something significant about 420 i'm not exactly sure what it is but i'll just have to take their word for it and um <laughs> i don't know is it like a 4-h club you know something like that. i don't know I don't all know i know is that, that all i want to do today is sit and eat peanut butter cups and watch TV, but I can't, so. Yeah, what is that all about? <laughs> weird. It's weird how that works. It's, it's also, all these... ironically enough, the first day uh, the NFL starts drug testing players. So that's fun. Yeah, imagine that. Imagine that <laughs> coincidence right there. I'm so sure that, you know, that's totally a coincidence. Nobody ever looked at the calendar and said, and put the you know put two and two together. They're just totally oblivious. <laughs> and they say that those NFL suits are out of touch with today's youth, right? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It did kind of get me think. Like, so obviously you go back through past drafts and you've seen a lot of guys, like a lot of good guys that turned it. Randy Moss, classic example. Janoris Jenkins is another one that comes to mind for me. You know, the Warren Sapp, those guys that have slipped in the draft because of. You know, either a failed drug test, a weed arrest, or some sort of issue with weed in their past history. 
And uh, there's really not a lot. I was talking to the college football editor this morning about this. There's not a lot of guys, at least as far as we know, and I'm sure if anyone failed a drug test at the combine, I'd be surprised if it hadn't leaked out by this point. But, you know, not there's not really a lot of those kind of guys. I guess Cam Robinson has had a little weed in his past. But other than that, I mean, there's not just a ton of, you know, there's not a Randy Moss type guy that's going to slip because of a, of a weed arrest or something. Not so fast, my friend. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Let's not forget last year, all the <laughs> way up to the day of the draft, we thought the same thing. Then all of a sudden, the video, yes, yes, yes. of a dude getting smoked out. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was weed. So, you know, that's what the kids tell me anyway. <laughs> that was weed and, and, that, and that gas man, you know, going uh, for iron. Yes. But, uh, yeah, so who knows, man? <laughs> Nowadays, you just can't count on anything because I could, I would have never believed that would have happened. Something like that would have happened right before the draft. Yeah, dude is basically like getting extorted during the draft, and it, you know he lost millions of dollars. Yeah, it's funny until you really think about it. Then it ain't so funny anymore, especially if you think about whether that was you. Yeah, um, and reportedly, but it, look, it's pretty ridiculous at this point for for this to even be happening anyway. I mean, yeah. it's, it ought to be. It ought to be legal. Nobody has a good reason for why it shouldn't be legal. Yeah. You know, damn Jeff Sessions, damn my new AG. You can't produce any kind of actual study that says it's any more harmful than alcohol, which is legal, yeah. or cigarettes, which are illegal. Yeah. My mom smoked cigarettes almost her whole life, tried to give up after her first bout of cancer, and couldn't. Mm. And that's why I say that in the past tense, because I lost my mom. To her second bottle of cancer. Yep. So if they can sell her cigarettes, when it maybe if she'd have been smoking weed instead, she'd still be here. Yeah. That pisses me off. Yep. So, you know, the fact that we even still debating this or even giving a shit about whether a kid has a video smoking weed in a, 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 a gas mask is, is pretty fucking ridiculous in 2017. The fact that we might even go back to, 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 uh, overemphasis on weed with this new AG is patently absurd. Yeah. So look, man, since this might be the last year you can enjoy it, I encourage everybody that does partake to go ahead and, and, and smoke one for this 420 because this new regime seems like they ain't going. <laughs> yeah, and it's crazy because, like, I just like, I mean, this is totally an aside, but like, I anxious to see how that plays when that guy goes to Colorado and says, or whatever state and says, Oh, Hey, you know, that, uh, that billion plus dollars you're getting every year in extra tax revenue. Yeah. You're going to have to cut that off. I'm imagining it ain't going to go well. Oh, but you know, that, that ain't going to stop this outfit from trying. I guarantee you that. And it's going to be, uh, I don't know. And, and like too, with the NFL, like even with the combine, like, you know, like those guys, I mean, you you don't need to be you don't need to have a fifty out of fifty on your Wonderlic score to know that you're going to get a drug test at the combine. So you can plan around that. You can plan accordingly for that. Now I always say, for me, getting popped at the combine isn't uh, uh, about morality of smoking weed or not. It's not even really about whether it's illegal or not. It's about whether you're a dumbass or not. <laughs> yeah, there's because, a real again, look test. You, you don't get surprised normally, you know, a week before combine to find out that you're going. You, you get very much advanced notice. Yeah. Everybody knows it anyway because it happens every damn year, pretty much the same time every year. And if you can't stop smoking weed long enough, to pass a drug test at a combine that you know is coming pretty much since you ever heard anything about football when you was a kid, well, then you are probably a dumbass or, <laughs> and I've never met one, maybe you are a an actual weed addict <laughs> and need to seek help. <laughs> In either situation, I'm probably not going to want to fool with you because you you're, you being a dumbass is probably going to impact me and my team at some point if I draft you. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I, like I'd be if I'm a GM, like I'd be a lot more concerned that the guy couldn't get his shit together in time to pass the one drug test he'll have to take that spring in order to, uh, you know, versus his Wonderlick score, whatever it is. Listen, I said this about, um, what, what's the guy for Dallas? The, uh, Randy, Randy Gregory. Gregory. Remember, I, I was talking yeah. about him. Look, man, if you can't stop smoking weed, number one, long enough to pass a, a combine drug test, and number two, if you smoke all that weed and you still 220 pounds smoking wet, basically, <laughs> but it's probably not going to work out for you. <laughs> And I think he's played, I think, what, one or two games, three games the last two years? Yeah. Like, at so, this point, you got to wonder if he's ever going to play again, you know? Did they ever actually come down with the new suspension? Because I know for a while he was supposed to be suspended for a year. And then they said, well, that wasn't true. And it kind of went back and forth. Is I never, he in one of those I don't remember commissioner's limbo where they're like suspended indefinitely until Roger Goodell decides they're not suspended oh, no. anymore? No, nah, he's in the program. He's in the, the drug testing program. So, you know, that's what he got uh, popped for last year. But I don't know. I think maybe he can't. I can't remember if he came back at the end of the season or not. I know he was supposed to come off suspension, but then they kept saying yeah, that he Yeah, he played two games last year. At so the end week, of the season? Yeah, week, week 16 and week 17. But did they ever But did they ever? But he suspended uh, again in Jan- got suspended again in January. For how long? For the year? For at least one year is the latest is the was the last news. Yeah. He appealed his and he what did he, he appealed his initial suspension and lost his appeal. And so that's what happened. Like the whole end of the season, they kept saying that he when he was supposed to come off suspension that he was going to just be suspended for a whole another yeah. year. But I guess he was still appealing it at the end of the season, yeah. so he got to play right at the end. But I mean, shit. <laughs> I, like I said, you know, I, I wasn't wishing it on the kid, but <laughs> no. once you once you uh, show that you would get popped at the combine, I, I'm pretty sure that you got some kind of issue. So yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I will say in his in his defense, you know, you spend three years in Nebraska. What the fuck else are you gonna do but smoke a lot of weed? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you got to be able to stop. You got to be able to stop. You got to. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or get totally, help. Totally. Or get help. I mean, totally. come on. <laughs> well, um, hey, okay, so speaking of Cam, like, because I mentioned Cam Robinson, I, I wanted to come back to you to talk about Cam Robinson because you did that breakdown on Cam Robinson. And, like, it's amazing to me after reading that, after watching the video links and stuff that you'd put in there and the get making the gifs and stuff like that, I like I can't believe he's not getting more attention than he is as I mean like I see some people talking about him as a second round pick and, and maybe that has more to do with just kind of the other players available in the draft than he himself, because it's not a great year for offensive linemen beyond him. And then I guess maybe Ryan Ramchick or the center from Ohio State, but um, it, like this kid looks like a like a really good like ready to play offensive lineman, and you just like we don't see that very often, right? And and when we do, normally that kid is a top fifteen pick, yeah, hands down. And so you know, I'm kind of curious as to what's going on. I don't know. Again, I know he he got arrested. Um, but I, I don't think the charges were ever filed or they dropped the charges or what have you. Yeah. And um, so, you know, unless there's other stuff in his past off the field, his tape to me does say top 15 pick. Yeah. It really does. You know, this is a down year, I guess, maybe for offensive tackles, but not for him personally. Like if, if, if he'd have came out last year, I would have put him in probably the top half of the 15, uh, sorry. Top half of the first round. Yeah. Considering his tape. I mean, his tape was very comparable to Ronnie Stanley, who I loved last year. Yeah. And he, he was actually probably a better rub blocker than Stanley um, overall. Yeah. More aggressive. Now, you know, Ronnie Stanley ended up being a better run blocker in the pros than I thought he'd be. But if you look at their tape, it's very similar. Yeah. And, and, and if I had to give one an edge, like I said, I might give it to Cam Robinson. So I'm just curious as to what is it that people don't like about his tape? 
Yeah, I mean, I can't, like, I was, like, just out of curiosity because when going through that piece, just looking around at some of the other scouting reports and stuff, and nobody really, like, nobody is, like, actively marking him down for anything. It's not like, oh, well, it's not like, it's not even, like, a Greg Robinson or somebody like that where they're like, hey, this is a lot of, a lot of raw talent but not a lot of experience, you know, like Robinson, where they never pat, did any pass blocking at Auburn when he was there. I mean, like, that's not the case. I mean, and it's not like he's playing against the fucking Bowling Greens of the world either. I mean, you know, he's going up against Miles Garrett and Derek Barnett. I mean, he's playing in, he's, he's an Alabama tackle. He's playing against, you know, the best teams in the, in the, in college football. Right. Look, I'm looking at the guy. Y'all telling me he's supposed to be the number one overall pick. Look, mighty average against Cam Robinson. Yeah. I mean, he. I think he beat him like once or twice, but, you know, the ball was already gone and it was complete. But other than that, I mean, Cam Robinson kind of had him on lock. Shit, he had Derrick Barnett. Uh, Derrick Barnett kind of on lock, too. Barnett yeah. got him once, and I gave the contest to that in, in the breakdown. Basically, uh, Cam Robinson had just uh, had a and uh, jumped off sides the, the play before because of the crowd noise in Tennessee. Yeah, and so I guess Derek Barnett just being a smart football player figured, well, hey, he jumped off side. He's probably gonna be laid out of his stance this time. Yeah, and shit, <laughs> Derek Barnett looked like he was shot out of a cannon, <laughs> and he beat him on that particular play. But all the rest of the plays in between that, Derek Barnett looked mighty average against. Cam Robinson too. Yeah. So and Derek Barnett's no slouch. Right. And so look, when I did Ryan Ramsey's breakdown earlier, the thing that I said about him was he's supposed to make the better pass rushers look average. He didn't do that against Michigan nor against Michigan State. Yeah. Conversely, Cam Robinson did exactly that thing. He he had those two guys, Miles Garrett and Derek Barnett, and put the clamps on them for the most part. And then he even faced uh, uh, the Auburn pass rusher a few times and, and got him good, too. Yeah. Uh, basically, the only time the co- his guy had sacks was when the, runner, uh, uh, the quarterback ran into him. Yeah. That, that's how good he was. So, yeah. you know, I, I kind of heard some whispers after the fact that people were saying he underachieved or something. I'm not really sure what underachieving looks like. <laughs> But if that's underachieving for this kid, you damn sure want to uh, draft him because his overachievement is going to be outstanding. Yeah. I I mean, like I, I just like here's the NFL, you know, NFL site has the quick breakdowns on these guys. And like they compare him to Eric Flowers. I don't see like Eric Flowers to me is someone that's just not like doesn't have good technique, doesn't have a lot of balance. I mean, you don't see that with Cam Robinson. Listen, I did Flowers' breakdown. All of his problems were predictable. I said he had the worst fucking technique of anybody in that draft, and it wasn't close. He yeah. was, however, athletic, and so I thought he might be able to get better technique in the pros, but then I also pointed out where well, here's a dude who had been there for four years, surely he got plenty of coaching, so if he still doesn't have just basic good technique stuff as far as a kick step, then he, it might be hard for him to learn as a pro, too. So these the, the problems with Flowers were all predictable. They, they weren't some kind of, oh, my God, I can't believe that he's this bad yeah. at these things type situation. Conversely, with Cam Robinson, he has training tape technique. Yeah. Great feet, great hands, good punch. What the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> like, I'm seriously, like, sitting here <laughs> listening to it and, like, what the fuck is he talking I don't know who said that, but to, that comparison just doesn't make any sense to me uh, in any shape. Like, maybe if they whittled it down to something specifically that they saw the two of them do, where they're both, both of their right hands twitch sometimes, yeah. maybe we can go with that. Yeah. But comparing them as players, I, I don't see that at all. Yeah. <laughs> It's crazy to me, but like you know, that's just we'll see what happens on draft. That's you know, this is the that's that one of this is a good example of you know everybody has kind of what they think is going to happen the mock draft or the predictions that they got for draft night, and then you know what 
even the best mock drafts where they end up hitting about 35% of their picks, right? So this is, I think this is one of those deals where you'll be surprised. Everyone, we won't be surprised because we're smarter than everybody else. But obviously, you know, everybody's got Cam Robinson pegged for the second half of the first round or even early second round. I think that, uh, I think, I, I think he'll sneak into the first half. I wouldn't be surprised just seeing a solid blocker that can play right away and doesn't have a lot of, you know what I mean? This isn't like, you know, a Greg Robinson situation where there's a lot of potential, not a lot of polished technique. There's, he's ready to play. And you look at how much money he's offensive ready. linemen made in free agency this year. He's ready to play and he's athletic, had pretty decent uh, combine workout. Um, so with, again, He's got the upside, too. He's got it all. He's got the technique. He's a veteran. He's played a lot of football already. And he's still got upside to grow and get better. Yeah. And he's huge. He's fucking huge. Right? Yeah. So I don't get, like, I really need to understand. I, I don't understand the criticisms. I know. It's, 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 it's silly season, though. <laughs> You don't even have to have a, that hot of a take to have a hot take in draft in draft time, you know what? Who's like okay out of all the guys you've looked at so far on tape, even maybe necessarily the ones you haven't published yet. Like who like who's been your favorite to break down? Oh, uh, Jonathan Allen and then uh Corey Davis was sort of watch as a wide receiver, but mm-hmm. um Jonathan Allen I thought um just could did a little bit of everything, well-rounded. Like I said, he <laughs> seemed like he, if, if uh, Michael Bennett and, and uh, <laughs> Gerald McCoy had a baby, it would look like <laughs> Jonathan Allen on the field. And, you know, obviously, I like watching both of those guys play. So yeah, it was just fun for de- the defensive line. I've watched. He was, his film was just fun to watch. Yeah. And he and he's the but he's more of an interior. Like he's not an edge rusher per se. Well, he did a little bit of edge rushing too. He was actually a five technique most of the time, but he projects as an inside pass rusher a little bit. He he actually could be used a lot like uh, Seattle uses Michael Bennett, where they play him, you know, a defensive man on early downs and then stick him inside on passing down. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm going to tell you, uh, people going to either love or hate my Malik McDowell breakdown. <laughs> I'm gonna just going to say that much about it. They either going to love it or they're going to hate it. There's going to be a reason for it. So after they come out, I'm, I'm going to get a reason. They'll be out soon. And we got the I was just I was just looking here because I was making my to-do list earlier today. So I was looking. We've got um, oh man, I can't Yes, McDowell's in the can, just about ready to roll. So we are. That should be out tomorrow. So people should be a should have that to look at. So yeah, there's a lot. We've got a good. Davis was fun to watch. I'll have to say because I always go through and make the gifts for these and watch the videos and as part of the process. And like that Davis tape is really fun to watch. I gotta say. I mean, it just you know the cat the kind of catches he makes. The kind of moves he makes. I mean, that's you know, that's the kind of player it seems like it's going to get you hooting and hollering during a game on Sundays. Yeah, you know, I, I compare him to Brandon Marshall, uh, but man, it's just their physicality. Mm-hmm. You know, play, I think fans love to see playmakers on the offense, but they really love to see that that you know grinding guy, they got it that does the dirty work, the big uh blocks and, and the big stiff arms and yeah. runs through tackles. And that's who Corey Davis is all day long. He can take you deep and he can catch those back shoulder fades. But man, he he's just magnificent out of space when he's when he's just stiff arming people and making good moves and oh man, it's just fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, that's what I always thought. Like that's why Julio Jones is one of my favorite guys to watch because he's just a big dude, and like you can tell, 
like obviously he's not out there to be a blocker. They're not paying him to be a blocker, but it's fun to watch him like cuz you could tell he loves to play with that physicality like that and it's fun to watch a receiver when they stiff arm somebody. I mean, I I like I know it's weird to say this in the context of today's NFL and there's I try not to to think about it too much in in reconciling it with what we know about science and medical science and all that stuff. But like, you know, when you grow up watching crunch course tapes, there's still sort of the fun of watching a wide receiver lay somebody out like that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you love to see that mentality regardless. Yeah. What separate, like for you, because you broke down Mike Williams too, who is, you know, and these two are kind of considered the, top one and two receivers in the draft this year what's what's the difference between davis and mike williams um i think they're both really good as far as um those back shoulder throws those big boy plays from wide receivers but i think uh uh, Corey davis has the edge when it comes to run out the catch ability which makes him less of a bust risk i always say you know you want a guy who can do it all Mm-hmm. Um, a guy who's physical and can take a guy, take you know a DB deep one on one and can get off press. If you had your druthers, mm-hmm. and I think he can do all those things. I think Mike Williams, to a lesser extent, can do some of those things. Um, but I also think that even though Corey Davis has some drops, his hands on the whole are better than Mike Williams's hands. Mm-hmm. So. Um, He's going to have some 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 really bad drops on plays that should be touchdowns, kind of like Brandon Marshall, uh, just concentration drops. But his hands are almost always, always in the correct position. It's just sometimes he looks away at the wrong time. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'll take that any day. You know, last year I complained about um, uh, the Will Fuller kid. Yeah. But my – with him – was because his hands weren't in the correct position to make uh, catches half the time. Yeah. Sometimes it works, sometimes it wasn't. I never really saw that as a problem for Corey Davis. It's just, you know, and if he can get over those concentration issues, you want to talk about upside? Like, if he if he can fix that part of it, man, mm-hmm. he's going to be hard to deal with right away. Yeah. I, I You know, obviously, there's only so much time in the spring and, and the, the availability of college football, all 22 tape also has a, it plays a big factor in, you know, the players we get to break down and stuff for this, but is there anybody that you didn't break down that, you know, you just kind of maybe looked at while you're watching some other tape or just as you're watching games, just to watch games that, that has stood out to you. Uh, I wanted to watch some of Charles Harris, but they didn't have enough to do a breakdown on him. Mm-hmm. On draft breakdown, but I did watch him. He has a nice spin move. Um, probably needs to work on his edge rushes a little, little bit more. But he's a good football player. I just wish I had more, more tape of him. Mm-hmm. Watch some of the safeties because everybody's hyping them up. Yeah, like uh, the safety from LSU. But the safety from Ohio State made a couple plays. They look. He kind of looked like Deion Sanders to me. Oh, As a safety. Yeah. So for a safety to kind of flash that way to me, I'm like, well, shit, you know. And so, you know, I don't break down safeties. Uh-huh. And I'm not saying who should go first. But I saw that kid. I don't I don't remember his name from it's Ohio Hooker, State. Malik Hooker. Make a break. And I was just like, damn, they look like a young Dion right there. <laughs> Really did like, and it wasn't just you know, just it was like the whole way he carried himself, like his, I don't know, just everything about him, swagger, I guess. Yeah. And, and speed, a lot of speed. But yeah, it, I was like, shit. He made me cuss, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when a guy make me cuss, that make me sit up and, and pay attention. So he made me cuss. <laughs> who was it? I I was trying to think back. Who was the profile you wrote this year? The the one that actually made you cuss in your notes that you were taking while you watched the guy. Uh, Jonathan Allen, probably. <laughs> the one that made me cuss in a bad way was Solomon Thomas. But in a good yeah. way, it was, it was Jonathan Allen. <laughs> All right, what is, 
The Solomon Thomas one is, I mean, and here's a guy that's figured by most people to kind of be a high pick in the draft, you know, maybe one of the first couple pass rushers off the board even. But what is it that you saw about him that was sort of a red flag for you? Um, his effort was very shitty. Uh, he needs to improve on that big time. Uh, and he, he, he wasn't able to finish plays that I thought he should have been able to finish. Mm-hmm. Missed a lot of sacks, missed a lot of tackles. Appears to have, you know, weak hands or small hands or something because on several occasions, whether it was a quarterback or a running back, you saw him with his hands on a guy and couldn't bring him down. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he, 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 he's definitely an athlete. You see him making uh, some really nice moves, but you start to wonder if he's more of an athlete than he is a football player at times. Yeah. Yeah, and that's yeah. There's always you know, and there's always a few guys like that that sneak into the draft too. And so it's good to kind of, I mean, you know, to catch that stuff on the tape beforehand, and then because it's it's it tends to be or can be the kind of thing that you know we end up revisiting once the seasons roll around. Right. For a guy like that, it's interesting to mention the safeties because man, this is like a really good year for safeties. I mean, we haven't they haven't been more than a safety or two in the last few drafts they're really you know to get excited about but like hooker you got hooker you were talking about earlier jamal adams from lsu and then i don't know there's some people would probably take issue with calling him a safety but there's jabril peppers from michigan too buda baker i guess i mean there's a lot like it's a not a bad year to be looking for a safety in the draft Yeah, like I said, I mean, I, I picked a couple of them. I, I'm, you know, I'm not familiar with all of them. Mm-hmm. And like I, you know, I always say, I, I really don't get to watch much college football anymore these days. Yeah. But um, the guys I did see, uh, the LSU kid, very good return man, very good ball skills. Yeah. Um, but yeah, him between him and the guy from Ohio State, somebody's gonna get a really nice safety this year. Yeah. <laughs> See, I wouldn't mind to be in the books to be honest with you, but I don't know if they're gonna pull that kind of trigger. And I don't know if a safety will still be around. It damn sure would be a lot better than taking a fucking kicker in the second round who you might <laughs> not even have this next year because you already brought in competition. Well, that's what I'm not great. There you go. That's There's your hard knock subplot this year. Yeah, but I digress. <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> the, the box kicker competition on hard knocks. Where I can, we're going to have all kinds of content come August with that. Let me tell you something now. <laughs> Their defense improved a lot, and, they, and most of it was up front. But they did get the kid uh, for Florida at corner, too. And they also got uh, the other uh, veteran with the wife who always cussing everybody out. Oh, if they get one of them, If they get one of them safeties, don't be surprised if the bus defense makes the biggest jump this year. Yeah. I'm not saying they will. A lot of people have predicted them to get a running back, and really I don't do mock drafts anyway. Yeah. I'm just saying, if they get one of these really good safeties, that's pretty much all they've been missing. Yeah. In a big way. Yeah. Man, plus you think, too, like, I mean, I would expect a little bit, you know, I think you get you get a better season from Jameis Winston this year. I mean, that could be – NFC South could be quite the fucking division to be watching this season. Oh, yeah. Falcons come back. You assume that the, the Panthers are going to bounce back. The Saints, the Saints, maybe. Maybe, you never know. <laughs> yeah, the Saints. Yeah, it'll be, be pretty, you know, pretty competitive this year. Yeah, you know, it'll be pretty good. It'll be interesting to see, uh, be breaking this down after the draft when we see who who pulled who out of what round and, and where they're going to put them and stuff. It ought to be a, ought to be an interesting interesting year for the draft. I can't. We'll see how the I'm interested to see how the quarterback stuff shakes out, and the Browns rumors stuff doesn't seem to be going away. But but I I guess someone said Trubisky if he's picked in the first round, which I guess he probably will be, would be like the least experienced college quarterback ever picked in the first round in like 20 years or something like that. Because he only he only started one year. Yeah. Right? Just last year, which was interesting because you mentioned the Solomon Thomas thing, and that was one of the that, that Stanford UNC game 
you saw that. That's where you saw a lot of that. It looks like, you know, that's where a lot of those missed sacks that were so glaring came from, where it really showed, like, his, you know, like, he can't, like, why doesn't he bring this guy down? He's got him. He's got him dead to rights, and he can't bring him down. It's, uh, it's always interesting to see those intersections like that. And like the cam, like, I think... One thing I really loved about the Cam Robinson thing, it's fun to uh, – it was fun to see him working against Miles Garrett and Derek Barnett, like two guys that are, you know, probably going to be two of the first – I mean, you know, the all in all likelihood, the first player picked in the draft and, you know, probably a, another top ten pick too. So – It'll be a fun. It will be a fun one. I I'm pretty like I know it's a week out, but I'm like it finally hit me. It's like oh hey, like the excitement part of the draft hit me today. It's like all right, I'm I'm geeked up, ready to ready to see this, ready to do it. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah, <laughs> talk yeah. to me on next Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah, we, you, that's that's when it really gets real. Like that when it, the, the start of that week when the action is going to happen and all yeah. kind of craziness always comes down to the wire. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's kind of interesting. We were talking about this the other day, like the stuff to kind of watch out for. I mean, obviously the Browns, like this is a, sort of a big year for the Browns. They got all those picks, two first-round picks, which will be the first time, the fifth time in Browns history that they've had two first-round picks. And in the past, that has yielded such notable pairings as Trent Richardson and Brandon Whedon, Johnny Manziel, and uh, uh, I can't even think of the cornerback they drafted the same year they did. Gilbert, Justin Gilbert. So a lot of onus on the Browns to not fuck it up this year. (laughs) And other such plot points. And I'm sure that uh, our draft grades, like draft grades, are like those preseason predictions. They, uh, they, almost certainly cannot be wrong. <laughs> so, right. Or if they are, we all forget about it. So. That's right. <laughs> oh man, Stephen, good show. Uh, we'll have. I suffice it to say we're going to have a lot more draft content to talk about in the days ahead, weeks ahead here. Can't wait.